Welcome into the Bogey Rub Answer. Uh, look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. All right. We've already recorded like 30 minutes of this podcast, but the video was recorded. So we're back. But you, for you, this is this is brand new. Uh, so we're going to recreate some of it. Was, it was an electric episode we just recorded. Uh, but no, well, basically, so what we're going to do here, I think we just kind of make this the whole episode. All right. The Patreon, our Patreon, the Heiser Club, if you're not a member of it, um, this might sway you to join. Uh, we do a, a contest, and this month's contest is two Halloween-themed discs. And so what we said was to enter the contest, comment your best scary story. We're going to pick it at the end of the month. We've got a bunch of scary stories commented. Um, so I'm going to read through them. And uh, yeah. and we'll, yeah, we'll let you know. Now, we've already read some of them. There's one in particular that was incredible, um, but we the retelling of it wouldn't be. So mm-hmm. at some point in this podcast, when we're a few in, I'm going to just throw it to the audio. But just trust me when I say... It might even be better audio only. Maybe it's a more Goated full immersion. Story. This is what you're yeah. going to do, actually. Goated it is an incredible story. story. This is what you're going to do. Is if you're watching this at home, put it on your TV, okay? Turn the volume up loud enough. Turn all the lights off. Soon the screen will go black. You'll listen to that story. And then no. we'll come back with a light, jovial mood, get you out of it, all right? Because you're going to be scared. What does jovial mean? Like, like joking, happy. happy, jolly. jolly. I just never heard the word. Really? Yeah. Um, no. All right. Well, this isn't going to be jovial <laughs> anymore. Oh. This is about to get scary. Oh. All right. We're starting with Trenton Harris. I haven't read this one yet. I read the intro to it, and it sounds we like should, should be wear scary. another really quick side thing. We should wear Halloween costumes for whichever grip block is closest to Halloween. I it's on Halloween. Agree. We should also do it for Banter. Then yes. We he won't be here. He'll be yeah, flying back. I. We will. Yeah. We'll yeah, wear costumes. I, I probably won't get back in time. Dang it. If you're going to get back in time, if I got back can, actually on time. Then I would get in at like ten thirty in the morning. We can wait for you. We'll we'll discuss. It's just going to depend on if my flight gets back. Here we'll shoot. We'll agree to shoot grip locked at the end of the day Monday. Okay. And if you're back, you're back. We can't if shoot, you're not shooting at the end of the day. day. It's got to come out. Well, we can shoot at like one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. We'll agree to shoot it at one o'clock. Okay. And if you're back, you're back. If you're not, you're not. Okay. Back and back. I'm not. I'm not. Um. We'll have Silas have a backup costume. There we go. I'll dress up as Silas will dress up as Trevor. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Trenton Harris. Spooky movie. Good luck, Ready? man. <laughs> When I was 13, oh. <laughs> okay. when I was 13, my brother and I were playing Call of Duty when his door slammed on my dog at the time for what no the reason, freak? and we were on terrified. This was the first action that slowly started a nightmare for my family and I. Well, slowly over time, my family and I began to have very strange experiences occur much more frequently in our house. We would have birds fly into our windows and die. Overall, the constant feeling of being observed and the feeling of not being alone. There are three events our time here that have left permanent scars on my psyche. I'm going to die if this guy just describes the plot of The Conjuring, but keep going. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> About a year and a half into living at this house, we had a lunchbox fly across the kitchen and hit my dad on the head while he was washing dishes. What? Who threw it? <laughs> my parents would stay up late when my brother and I were asleep discussing finances, etc. Well, one night I was reading a book while my parents were talking and out of nowhere I heard three knocks on their door. My mom threw open her door and asked what I needed slightly aggressively because they were they were in a serious discussion. Well, I was extremely freaked out because I didn't even leave my room or get out of my bed. So naturally, my mom knew that I didn't knock on the door and explained to me that it was a dog and it was okay. Naturally, I was absolutely terrified and didn't sleep all the night, convincing myself it was the dog. Years later, when I was a senior in high school, my mom told me that the dog was on the bed and no one touched the door from their room, so no one touched the door, which was the second paranormal experience I had in the house. When she told me this, I was even more terrified. When we moved out of the house, my mom was going around praying over the house since we knew some something evil was in the house. And my, and my family don't believe in ghosts, naturally. Being Christians, we thought there was major spiritual warfare and a demon which was trying to attack our home. Which is wild, but that's what we believe. While my mom was praying, she felt something tug her pants and something whispered in her ear demanding her to leave the house and she dropped everything and left that instant. Lastly, all coming to a head years later in my high school, my brother and I found out our old family camera. Found our old family camera while going through Mm-mm. old oh, boxes. No. And we started no. scrolling through the old photos. My parents had taken a photo down our hallway in the old house that led to the bedrooms. In the photograph, they captured a dark figure standing at the end of the hallway. It was just an outline of darkness, but it was obviously something was standing there. Confronting my parents on this picture, they explained they had taken the picture when they heard children playing in my brother's room when they weren't in the house. When we weren't in the house, that was the event that caused us to finally move from the home. I wish I could say this was made up, but this is a testament. Yeah. Also, my dog was fine. Oh. That's terrifying. That is so terrifying. That is so scary. That's as soon as I watch any movies where there's like stuff going on in the house, I'm like, just leave. Just leave the house. What? Like, you just moved into the house. Why does it matter? Just leave. Get out of there. See you later. Uh, Get that refund. This is from (laughs) Willem Klein. 
He said, junior year of high school, my friends and I decided to watch fireworks at a local lake across from at our local lake from across the lake on the opposite side in the woods. It was extremely dark and decently windy in the spot we were at. Lots of dead leaves and trees around just a small just a small cove near the bank of the lake. Either way, we watched the fireworks and shortly after we heard a woman shrieking in close proximity to us as if she was being murdered. We all shot up immediately and looked around, terrified, saying nothing. Then we heard it again even closer. I for sure thought if there was a woman screaming that nearby that even in the dark I would have seen them. After that, we started full sprinting out of the woods, screaming our rears off, and, and the screaming followed us all the way out of the woods. We got in our car and skirted away so fast. In the car, I looked, I looked up what could possibly explain that situation and found out through extensive Google search and then YouTube searching that the culprit was a fox. Oh. Oh, not That's scary. Fun. That's not, it ended up not being that scary. That's fun. Yesterday, I heard a goat scream. Yeah. It was like, ah! <laughs> That's what it sounded like. It was very funny. Very good. When, after you guys left the corn maze, all the cows started mooing. <laughs> and they're like, Rrr! and all were like mooing like crazy. And then the goat was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah, uh, we're laughing very hard. I'll read. Yeah, I think there's two more to read here. Um, these two, I don't think are. Nothing's going to top the one that we're going to throw it to. But yeah, Brian Stanley. When my mother was young, she was just talking away. She was just talking away to her uncle, and well, her mother, my grandmother, walked in and said, "Who are you talking to, honey?" My mom looked at her and said, "Uncle, Uncle So and So. He's standing right there next to you." She looked surprised and said, honey, that's not possible. He's not here. My mom was confused and sad and said, no, he's right there next to you. Come to find out that uncle had died a few minutes to an hour prior. So, yeah, to say the least, my grandmother was scared and worried. What the heck? Oh, my gosh. What the heck? All right, final one. This is from Zach Lamb. I was lying awake one night years ago, me only being 13 and the house being quiet due to everyone being asleep. I found myself alone in the hall listening to a noise I mysteriously heard while I was in bed. The chills that ran up my spine as I stood there patiently waiting... Either nothing or my fate will never be matched. Who knows? The scariest. So I, I've never had a really like crazy, like paranormal type experience. The experience I had that was closest to like where I thought something crazy was happening, but then it like turned out it was just there was something to explain it Mm -hmm. was when I was young, my dad took me and my sister to go see the fourth Harry Potter movie when it came out. And because he, I mean, he wanted to see it and I think my mom wasn't there. And so like I had to go with him and that movie came out, I want to say in 06. So I was like seven years old and this is the movie where the villain that was of that on the series. Robert Pattinson in it. Yes. This is the movie. Shout out Cedric Diggory. Um, this is the, <laughs> the movie said. where Lord Voldemort comes back, the main villain of the series. And he's it's a very terrifying. frightening villain. He is very frightening. Um, in general, but to a seven year old yeah. who like, I was familiar with Harry Potter, but like to it, like I was petrified yeah he's um, like scared. i spent a lot of time in that theater with my head buried in my dad's like arm like just like not wanting to see him. and in any case so like he was like a subject of my nightmares for quite that a movie that's a scary movie um yeah and like i so there's a scene in the very beginning of that movie harry potter's having a dream that is turns out it's actually happening because he's kind of mm-hmm. connected to baltimore where there's a housekeeper um, uh, and he basically is going into this old house that he's is supposed to be abandoned and because he sees like this green light in a room. Mm-hmm. And as he gets closer, he sees the green light coming through the door. And it's because there's a fire lit in there that's like a green fire for whatever reason. And Baltimore's in there and he kills the guy when he opens the door or whatever. And so like there's this, but there's this green light that comes out the door. And like that is what I like was latched on to. So just keep that in mind. So I am asleep one night. And I noticed under the crack of our door that like there's a light, like a slightly greenish light coming underneath the door. And it's just one of those moments where like at first I'm like, what? And then I'm like, no, there's definitely a light there. And I'm like, it's one of those moments where like a lot of times this is how these experiences happen where like your brain, you just can't fathom what else would that light be coming from. Like you're just, I'm thinking so hard. What is yeah. that light? What is that light? Like there's nothing like it couldn't be anything. And I'm in there just petrified. And I finally work up the courage to open up my door. And then I see, so my bedroom door, you walk out and then you turn to the right and there's another door like pretty much right there. And that was, at that, that, that time, that eventually became my actual bedroom, but at this time it was like an office room. Uh-huh. Um, and the light is coming from under that door. 
And now I can see clear as day because it's brighter that it is like a greenish tinted light coming out from <laughs> under that door. And I do not know what would be in that room making that light. Like I am literally like I am fully convinced because like I like obviously I can't believe what I think my brain thinks is happening. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm like, but what is going to happen when I open the store? Because there's something in there. Yeah, there's something making that light. And so obviously my brain is going to that place. And so I finally opened the door and sure enough, it was our computer tower. Like had, it, it was like an older computer tower that had these cool like LED lights up the side of it uh-huh. that had a greenish tint to them. But like, it, and so like obviously there was nothing, but like in that moment, like I just could not remember that our computer lit up that brightly or anything or I didn't even know that it was turned on. Like I don't think we left it on at night usually, mm-hmm. but it was like a moment where I was so convinced that like, what else could it be? And then like, oh man, it I was had, terrifying. So I had a moment like that. It sticks in my brain. I got two stories I'll tell. Then we'll throw it to the Derek Livingston story. Okay. Unless Connor might have some too. Um, the first one is a similar story to what Trevor just said, but it happened like post married, post bought a house. <laughs> He's uh, a grown we were, man. We, I like every night before I go to bed, I lock all the doors, turn all the lights off, alarm on, all that. Do all do that nightly routine. To get to our room, there's like two doors. And so I just lock both those doors because like in my mind, if someone ever broke into our house, they're going to have to open both those doors. And in that time, I can get prepared for them to open the final door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, boom, that's my, that's like the security. If the alarm didn't go off somehow, if they're already in your house, whatever, <clears throat> that's the final security. Um, and pre-baby, I do not get up in the middle of the night ever. So like, yeah. there is no reason for me to ever go into my house when it's pitch black. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't. Right. Well, at this, I believe Liz woke me up. And she's like, I just heard something. I'm like, what do you mean you heard something? She's like, I don't know. I was like, well, the dogs are in the basement. It was probably them. She goes, I don't know. Could you just go check it out? I'm like, all right, I'm like, fine. <laughs> I guess like there's no one else to do it now. It's just me. I'm the, yeah. I got to do it. And so I like get up and I look and I know that I know that I know I turned all lights off in the house. Well, sure enough, lights coming under the, under the door. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang it. So I grabbed my gun. First off, first thing <laughs> I'm like, all right, time to load this bad boy. Loaded. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, there's a light on. She's like, you turn the lights off, right? I was like, yeah, when we went to sleep, all the lights were off. She's like, so someone's in the house. I was like, probably not be. Like, there's an explanation. I was like, okay, we, someone's not in the house, okay? But I'm, I'm going to take the gun in case someone is. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I'm not going to walk out there with just my fist. And so she's like, what do you mean to do? I was like, just sit here. If you hear me scream, call 911. Not something you really want to tell your wife in a couple yeah. of Yeah, oh my God. But I'm like, that's, like, that's what you're going to do. I'd have been like, I just got to clean my gun real quick. And so, <laughs> and so I walk out there, you know. And I opened the first door. And like I said, there's two doors. Once I opened the first door, the light's like clearly, clearly there is a light on mm-hmm. outside in our, in our living room or kitchen. And I'm like, gosh darn it. Because now the first door creaks when it opens. So I'm like, not only is someone in this house, they know I'm up now. Yeah. Where's the, f- wait, what are the two doors in your house? So is there one the, to the hallway? In between the kitchen and the living room, that yeah. door, that door goes to a secondary entrance to our house. And then next to that door is our master bedroom. Oh, yeah, I've never, I mean, I've never been in that part yeah. of your house. Okay. Um, so when you when you come to our house, it looks like one door. But once yeah. they open that door, there's a second it's door. It's a second door. Oh. And typically behind that door, there's a dog gate. So I'm like, dude, if someone opened both of these, they're going to get yeah. booby-trapped at the dog gate and laying <laughs> on my floor. Okay. Uh, anywho, I, like, I'm like, so I'm standing there, and I'm like, seriously considering, I'm like, do I just call the cops now? Like, do I really want to open this door and, mm-hmm. like, have to fight someone is yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, or at least, like, do I, do I really want to open the door and have to scare someone out of my house? Like, yeah. Should I just call the cops now? Because there's definitely someone in this house. I'm like, because I think I heard the noise again. I'm like, so there's a noise and a light. There's a noise and a light. I'm That's like, there's, brutal. There's someone in this brutal. house. Like, there definitely is. Because like, the noise I could tell. Um, no, there was. I did hear it again because I could tell it wasn't the dogs this time. Mm-hmm. I was like, the dogs are locked up in their kennel gosh, downstairs. That's terrifying. This was not downstairs. This was on our level. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, Hunter. Obviously, there's an explanation. No one's in your house. The alarm didn't go off. Open the stupid door. Mm-hmm. Open the door. There is not a light on. It was the, it was a full moon, but our back windows are massive, so the the it, our whole, our house is lit up like there is a light on. But that still doesn't describe the noise. So now I'm even more scared. So I'm like, oh, I didn't crap. think of that. I was like, okay, there's still now a noise. I don't have, now I don't and now have light my I don't even have, like I have a light. Like I can see around the house because the it's a full moon and mm-hmm. all our windows are up. I'm like, all right. So I'm like going around the house and I hear it again. And it's, it's coming from the basement door. Frick and that. I lock the basement door every night. Mm-hmm. But there's an entrance to our house in the basement. But so like, um, I'm thinking someone broke in the house, killed my dogs. That's why they're not barking. <laughs> and they're at this door trying to get up. So I'm like, whoosh, whoosh. all right. Whoosh. 
And then I like just decide like, Hunter, you just got to send it. You have a gun. You're fine. And so I turn the bolt, whip the door open really fast, and my dog runs out. Yeah. And what happened, Luna, this is how I found out, Luna can jump the, the kennel gate downstairs. <laughs> and so like, I was, I was still bamboozled. Because now I'm thinking someone's in the basement let my dog out. So That's I went and checked so the whole scary. basement out. Oh my god. And I like gosh, sweeped dude. the basement. But I'm like, Nova and Luna are alive. They'd that be barking so if someone's down here. Yeah, yeah. So at that point I took them with me and sweeped the whole house. Because uh-huh. if I have Nova with me, I feel Basements great. are always Oh, scary. I always anytime I've got to check anything in the house out, I send Bruno <laughs> yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. So I checked every, everything was fine. But so then what I did is I set up our uh, like we have like a security camera for um whatever, simply safe, whatever we have. So I set it up in the basement. Because I was like, what happens? Clearly, no one's in this house. Luna got out by herself. She wanted to see how they I got out. I wanted to see how they got out. So I put Luna in, locked it up, walked upstairs, and just watched it live. And she just like looked, whimpered a few times, and just boom, straight over. <laughs> that I was like, so are funny. you kidding me, dog? Um, so that's the first one. But the second one happened when I was in high school or middle school. My sister was about to go into college. And my parents were building an extension onto the garage mm-hmm. and because they needed a bigger garage we had a one-car garage and one a two-car garage so they're building the garage and decided hey you know all our kids are going to go to college soon let's just build an apartment above the garage and then once they're once they're done and moved out we'll turn it into like a gym office type mm-hmm. area just we're building a garage it's not that expensive just add a second story right so that's what they decided to do so they're in the process of building that the outside's done the inside's still being built and um but there's lights in it now and so no one ever goes up there except for the construction people. We left for dinner and during the winter, all the lights are off. It might have been a basketball game. doesn't matter. We left. All the lights are off in the house. We come back to the upstairs lights on over the garage. Mm-hmm. Not uncommon for someone to come steal stuff from a construction site. But when it's attached to your house, it's a little scarier. Yeah. So my dad immediately goes, we just, we forgot to turn the light off. That's it. About the time he says that light goes off. Mm-mm. And so then, then we're like, someone's up there. Like, obviously. Yeah. And so we're like, what do we do? My mom, my dad goes, we well, call the cops. So my mom calls the cops, but obviously my dad's like, I, this person's not going to get away. Yeah. Because they just turned the light off because they saw us come home. Mm-hmm. So he goes, y'all stay out here. I'm going to go in the backyard. Uh, I'm going to go look at it. And then um, he told my mom, I think, to go. My mom somehow went in the house. And she was she was supposed to be like on lookout from like the back deck. Mm-hmm. So she's in the house. She's on the phone with the cops. I'm on the phone with my dad. So I can, so my dad can like be talking to me and like, mm-hmm. so I can tell my mom what's going on. <laughs> and so I'm on the phone next to my mom. My brother's out sitting out front. My mom's in the house and my dad's going upstairs to look at it. Well, as soon as my dad gets to the bottom of the stairs, I'm on the phone with him. Light turns back on. I'm like, dad, the light's back on. He's like, okay, so you're still up there. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm going up there. I'm like, well, dad, wait for the cops to get here. What are you doing? And he's like, all right, well, I'm open the door. Second, he moves the door, light off. So uh-uh. we're, like, we're like, I was like, dad, do not go up there. You just turn the light back off. He's like, I'm going up there. Oh my gosh, dude. I'd so, be freaked. This is horrifying. So then he like <laughs> he goes up there and my sister hears a noise in the garage. So my sister's like, Dad, the noise in the garage. And the electrical box, the controls upstairs is in the garage. Mm-hmm. So my dad runs downstairs. No shot. As soon as he runs downstairs, my mom's in the kitchen, sees someone running in her backyard. She's like, He's in the backyard, he's in the backyard. So then the cops show up. Turns what? out turns out it was my dad in the backyard. Oh. When he he was going he was going out of the garage and into he was going out of this door to the garage, into oh, this door to the garage oh to check it out. And that's when my mom said he was in the backyard. So then my dad went sprinting after who he thought was in the backyard, and it was just him. <laughs> and so the cops show up, and they sweep our whole house. And, like, obviously, they're like, no one's here. And we're like, well, how do we explain the light? And they're like, we, we don't know. But, like, no, one, no one's in your house. We're going we're gonna to increase our patrolling of the area for the night. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't worry. There's going to be a lot more cops in the area. If something happens, call us. We'll be able to respond within a minute. Like, basically, someone's going to be on Cottontown the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up, off, right off Cottontown Road. And um, the next day, the people came, and the electrical, we told the electrician, like, what the heck? And he went up, and the wiring was messed up. It was a short. <laughs> it was just the timing of when Bro. everything was happening was like just cinematically perfect. Like my dad dude, touches the yeah. door, light goes off. Oh that my gosh, so that's funny. horrifying. I love that he was like he's in the backyard. He's like running after himself essentially. <laughs> yeah. He was just like sprinting the backyard. He's like, I don't see no Rhonda. She's like, he's right there. He's right there in the backyard. He's like, I'm in the backyard. She goes, Oh, it's you. It was a very <laughs> funny oh scene. Oh my gosh, dude. But like, it, a, I mean, I would have been heated. I couldn't sleep that night. Yeah, I, I was. Been, I was convinced that our house was haunted or something. I would have been so heated. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! I used to. My mom was getting so mad at my dad that he was going up to look at it, though. She's like, she's like, he's up, they're upstairs. Why uh, are yeah, you going upstairs? I'd like, have been mad too. Just watch the door, and he's like, no, I gotta go up there. I'd have been mad too. <laughs> I'd have been like, you better get the freak away from that door. Because well, the at that time the construction was going on, and they were 
there at that time it was connected to my parents like closet or something oh. so my dad was worried they're going into the house yeah through the through up there so he was like i gotta get up there because like if they get into the house we might think oh it's fine it's nothing and then they're in our house He's right. like, so i need to get up there fair enough not fair enough i mean just wait for the cops <laughs> like the cops are on their way they're gonna hide we dude. had to call the cops a few different times for random stuff to happen at my parents house but um anyways Connor, we'll let you go after the Derek Livingston story. Okay. So that if there is anything, it'll be a good like wrap up with mm-hmm. a bow on it. I don't know if I have anything, but I'll think. Well, you can think while they're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're about to listen to, you know, just be prepared. It may disturb. Turn all the it lights is a off. Very good story. Uh, it's a it's great story. Such a good story. Um, enjoy. I just edit and put reverb on the whole thing. <laughs> enjoy. This is from Derek Livingston. He said, "This is a true story." Oh my gosh. That is the best way to start these. In 2014, I was part of our college's weekend ministry team. We would go to churches all across the state and help them with weekend youth events. So one weekend, we were sent to a small town in Kentucky to lead a Discipleship Now event. When we arrived, we would always play some games with the kids to help break the ice for the weekend, and this weekend was no exception. However, there was one thing, or person rather, that just seemed a bit off. This one little girl, Amy, around 12 years old, small for her age, with dark hair and bangs that covered her eyes. Didn't want to, she didn't want to participate in any of the games. In fact, she didn't do anything. She just stood in the corner. So my friend Rachel and I decided we would go over and spend some time with her. She appeared to appreciate our effort because for the rest of the weekend, she would be attached to our hips. The night went on and we didn't think too deeply about Amy until Rachel began to tell me what happened later that night in small group. Of course, Amy refused to be in anyone's group except anyone else's group because Rachel had been kind to her earlier and honestly, Rachel didn't mind. She hoped maybe she could make a difference in the life of the little girl. What she didn't know was the chain of events that were about to unfold would make us wonder if any of us were qualified to help her. It began with Rachel telling me that during Bible study, anytime Amy was supposed to say the name Jesus, she couldn't. She said the girl would try, but she literally could not physically say it. Mind you, this girl had no speech impediment or disability. She spoke clearly with all other words, but she wouldn't say Jesus. Naturally, I shared this story with the group of college guys I was rooming with, and we began discussing what might be going on. Our conclusion was like was that this little girl likely didn't get enough attention at home, and she thought she would be a good way to get attention. Still in the back of our minds, we wondered, what if? If you've ever roomed with a group of college guys, you know the moment I'm about to describe. It's a moment when everyone in the room has a collective thought, and someone's eventually going to have to say it. That someone was my buddy John. John looked at all of us and said in a very serious tone, Well, guys, what if she's possessed? We all stared for a moment, then bust out in a hysterical laugh. I mean, how could anyone even say that about a little girl? She's just different. Our laughter, however, was cut short when the wall that I and my friend Chuck were leaning on suddenly shook from a thud on the other side. Knowing that all the kids were supposed to be in bed, I reached up and grabbed the doorknob, opening the door and pulling myself up up at the same time. Chuck and I rose into the doorway to prepare to tell this prankster to go back to bed because we all had to be up early. What happened next can only be described as surreal and horrific. As Chuck and I stared down the pitch black corridor of church, we heard a blood-curdling Hollywood-style scream. There was no one in the hallway, but Chuck and I both jumped back in the room, slamming the door closed. Somehow, no one else in the room had heard the scream, because they all turned to stare at us and said, What's wrong with you two? John asked. When we explained what had happened, no one really believed us. Nonetheless, we agreed we, we should go check it out, lest one of the teenagers be up roaming around the church. I'll spare you most of the details of that night, for I could write a novel. I won't tell you about the footsteps and the rafters of the sanctuary heard by the six of us, nor will I bore you with the details of the open back door of the church below the open door of the second story with no stairs from inside or outside leading to it. What I will tell you, though, is that by the time we go to the basement, we were all on edge. What we saw next was the proverbial icing on the cake. You see, while Amy did not typically enjoy playing with the other kids, what she did love was Gaga Ball, because that was the only game she would play. Rachel and I had set up some tables in the corner of the room, and while the other kids played ping pong and video games, we played Gaga Ball with Amy. As the guys and I approached the bottom of the stairs, we noticed the light was on in the game room. Odd, because we had been the ones to turn all the lights off and pick everything up, but up before bedtime, but not unthinkable we had left a light on. The issue was when we walked in to turn it off, the light wasn't the only thing out of place. The chairs had been moved, the table set up in the middle of the room to form what? You guessed it, a gaga ball pit, with a solid black playground ball right in the middle. Freaky, but again, we thought it possible one of the teens had gotten up and goofing off. So it looked more like there must have been a couple of them, but no big deal. We put the tables and chair back, turned off the light, and headed up to tell the girls what had happened. After conversing with the girls for a few moments in the hallway, we decided we would go check out all the rooms to make to see which kid might be missing. Each counselor was sleeping at the door of their of their respective room, and as we woke them up, they all said the same thing. Nope, everyone's accounted for. Well, we figured someone must have just slipped by, but regardless, everyone was back in the room and now fast asleep. We thought we should do the same, but as we approached our rooms, we realized that there was someone standing outside of it. It was Rachel and the other girls on the trip, Aspen and Selena. 
When I walked towards them, Rachel pushed me backwards and said, we're trying to sleep. Why do you guys keep messing with us? We said, whoa, whoa, calm down, I said, trying to de-escalate the situation. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the whispering through our walls and the moving stuff around in the basement, she said, exasperated that I seemed so innocent. As I explained to her, we had not been messing with them. As we were off checking all the kids and counselors, I could see her face begin to twist into a mix of fear and distress. So, so it wasn't you guys whispering? Why, why can't you say the name Amy? Just, just say it. Look, looks like this through our walls. No, Rach, it wasn't me. And you haven't been moving things in the basement. Not since we left you guys earlier. Well, then we have a problem, she said, her voice trembling slightly. So we made a plan. The girls would stand at the top of the stairs to catch anyone who might be trying to sneak back up from the basement while John and I went down to check it out. Two of the other guys went to check out the walls in the girls' room and the rest were stationed outside the doors of the sleeping quarters. My friends, all I can say is that when John and I rounded the corner at the bottom of the stairs and saw the chairs moved back, the tables flipped over, and the black playground in the middle of the new Gaga ball pit, my heart sank. The room became ice cold. We both felt a fear like we'd never been able to describe since. We searched the room and found no one. The rest of the group made their way down to the basement to share what we had found, which was share what they had found, which was nothing. No movement, no kids sneaking around, just us in the silence. We spent the rest of the night sitting in the game room discussing whether or not we should tell someone. Ultimately, we decided not to because who would believe us anyways? Finally, the sun came up and we went to the worship service and began the process of sending all the kids home with their parents. As the pastor walked Amy out to meet her mom, she stopped to say goodbye to Rachel and I. She looked up at Rachel and, said, and smiled and said, I've had a lot of fun this weekend. I just wish I wasn't so tired. Why are you so tired, Amy? Rachel inquired. Well, because I was up all night playing with my friends, of course, she said with a twisted little grin. All right, said the pastor, that's enough of that. Let's go, 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 let's go get your mom. So we went, we said our goodbyes and loaded up the van. As we began to pull away, I realized there was one thing that was still bothering me. I rolled down my window and asked the pastor, I noticed all the other kids came inside to pick up the kids. Why did you have to walk Amy outside? Oh, yes, he said. I, I suppose I should have told you. Her mom refuses to come inside the church. You see, she's a witch. The names in the story have been changed to protect the people involved. That's an incredible story. <laughs> that was incredible. I mean, I had chills reading the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's 10. That's a 10, right? Surely. Derek Livingston. I'm just trying to picture myself going into like the basement of the church I used to go to. That sounds like and, the, and just like seeing that Gaga pit set. That's up like the best camp story in the world. Yeah, it is. That's terrifying. That's so oh my good. Gosh, wow, that is fantastic. so good. And her mom's a witch. What, what does that even mean? Do I even read more? Snap out of it. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. That story was a banger. I have a very light-hearted story. If Connor doesn't have one, it's not a scary story at all. But I told you I'll tell it yesterday. Go ahead. Oh, okay. you, you don't have any spooky, scary I, skeletons. I think I told you guys this one time, but. One time, my friend Jacob and I were riding the bus home from school, and we were in elementary school at the time, and at this time, we would get home, and no one would be home for like in, like two hours after we got home mm. from school. So we got home from school, and we were at my house. Jacob goes to poop in the bathroom. I walk down the hallway, and whenever I walk down the hallway, there's a man standing in the hallway. And so I immediately freak out and jump back and go to the door and I said, Jacob, pull your pants right now. There's someone in the house. And um, <laughs> pull your pants right now. <laughs> and so he he gets out of the bathroom and we immediately just run to the kitchen, grab the kitchen knives, and then go outside and stand outside. And I'm like shaking. I'm so terrified. And he's like, he's like, no, he's like, you didn't see anybody. There's no way you saw anybody. And I was like, I promise you, there was someone in the hallway. And so we're standing there and we stand there for like an hour and a half, just like <laughs> thinking in our heads, should we go in and do something? We're literally in elementary school. So I don't know what we would have done. Just two elementary school kids with kitchen knives trying to stab a guy. But like we were literally thinking like, what should we do? But like I was too scared to call the cops for some reason. Well, we didn't have a phone. It was the hmm. only one was inside the house. So like what would I have done? But um, then eventually my mom gets home. And I tell her what happened, and she goes in there, and it's just my dad's suit just hanging from the door frame. That's so funny. My dad's suit was that literally hanging so perfectly, funny. the full suit, just from the door frame, and it looked like a dude. Yeah, no, I respect that. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, I actually, I just thought of two, two more. One is was me playing a prank on my sister and her group of friends, me and my brother. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh! The other was just a good time. So I'll just I'll tell both of those really. I quick. actually have a really good. And then story. we'll wrap up. We'll we'll let Connor tell that if Trevor has any more. Then we'll wrap right. it up with a non-scary, just super lighthearted, end the day, start your okay. day right type of story. Sounds good. 
Um, I'll tell the one where I scare my sister first. So, do y'all ever watch Criminal Minds? Yes. Okay. Well, my sister and her friends loved Criminal Minds. People, I've I had somebody come up to me in a grocery store and tell me I look like the Matthew Gray Gruber guy, the main guy from Criminal Minds. Spencer. Yeah. Don't. I can see it. I don't it's, see it. It's I very subtle. It. I can see it from a profile. From looking, when I looked at pictures, I'm like, it's very subtle, but like literally, somebody came up to me in a grocery store. That's that is so funny. Well, the, very this weird. is when- I've um, never seen the show. The The show now has gotten well, a lot- Well, he is the best character in that show, for yes, sure. Yes, oh, for right. sure. The show's gotten a lot darker recently. Like, I don't watch oh, it anymore because it's dang, like dude. messed up. I only um, saw like the first 11 seasons. But back then <laughs> it was like, joke. it, it was like still coming out. Everyone was watching it. And so like when I would go to Lizzie's house, we'd always watch it, like all the new episodes coming out. And this was around the time the, the new episode that came out was, um, it was someone, it was like the blackout killer or something. Essentially what would happen in, in the show was this guy would go turn all the power off in the house mm-hmm. and then go in and kill people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, very effective. My sister had, uh, friends over it was like a group of them and they were going to be like it might i don't know if they're watching scary movies they're watching criminal minds whatever but we knew they had seen this episode my sister yeah. specifically had said that episode freaked her out mm. remember they're in the apartment i just talked about okay the electrical box is in the garage okay um, very easily accessible yeah so jimmy and i are playing video games my brother and i we just get bored typical <laughs> you know typical he's a teenager i was probably we were probably both teenagers and we i'm like hey you know how that episode like scares heather he's like yeah i was like what if we just like go turn the lights off in, in the garage? I think we even like before we did it, I think we told my dad. My dad was like, Oh, that's funny, go do it. Because my dad's done pranks like that before. Yeah. So my dad's like, There's no harm in that. It's very mm-hmm. funny. So we go into the garage directly under him. And I had like a flag from a go kart or something just in my hand. Um, I don't remember if I was planning to do what I did with it or what. But, anyways, <laughs> Jimmy walks up to the power box and flips the main lights off. And they, you can hear them talking upstairs. As soon as the lights go off, they go dead silent. Uh-huh. So Jimmy and I are sitting there expecting them to scream. <laughs> but we're like, oh, they just think the power went out. I was like, so I took the flag and I just started beating the roof of the garage. So it was like their floor uh-huh. with it. I mean, you heard like the most blood curling scream from a bunch. Like, they were college age. My sister's in like probably sophomore year, junior year of college. So mm-hmm. a bunch of college girls, yeah. blood curling scream. And they just came sprinting down the stairs. Which is very dumb. That's where the power box was. Like, if there yeah. was a murderer, he could have just been sitting there like, ha Yeah. Well, they came sprinting down the stairs, then Jimmy and I just were sitting there laughing at him. That's oh. funny. It was very that's, funny. That's very that's funny. Um, the, other, the other somewhat lighthearted story that uh, has a spooky element was my, my brother. This is before I was born. My brother, sister, and like one or two of their friends, they were like five to seven range mm-hmm. was their age. Uh, they were just playing in our basement at, at my uh, parents' house. They're playing in the basement. And, um, my mom's upstairs somewhere and my dad's at work. So they're playing in the basement and out of nowhere, this man comes to the back door and like starts yanking on the door to get in. And so they start freaking out, obviously. And so, um, one of them was like, here, grab a bat. And so my brother grabbed a bat and he grabbed a bat and my sister, I think hid behind them. And the dude opens the door, comes into the house and my brother and his friend jump the guy and you start six or seven year old, but you start hitting him with a bat just start beating him with a bat and the dude just runs out the back door it's so they all they all celebrate they're all excited whatever and they just shut the door lock the door back and just go back to playing and that was it and so then my mom is upstairs what? and she like hour or two passes calls the ac company is like hey your rep never showed up to fix our AC. They got and the and the AC company's like, no, he did. As soon as he opened the door, he was like a seven year old hit him with a metal bat, and he and he ran, got back in the car, called us, and said, "I'm not going to this house." And so my mom went downstairs, like, "Did y'all hit a man with a metal bat?" And my brother was like, "Yeah, it was awesome. Someone was breaking in. We took a metal bat. Just started beating the guy. He ran away." My mom was like. He was here to fix the AC. <laughs> that is so funny. That is so funny. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. All right. Goofing. All right. I got. I do have one more story. All right. Beautiful. So, one time, whenever I was in college, I had this friend named Rawls Grimsley. That is not a real person. It is. I promise. Rawls. Grimsley, he's a real sweet man. Heck yeah. Very sweet guy. Rawls. Yeah. Rawls. He was a good old boy from rolling on the from Colquitt, Colquitt, Georgia. Which is very close to like, uh, which is very close to uh, Tallahassee, hmm. I think. Uh, Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so he asks. This is how I became 
really good friends with my friend Ryan hmm. uh, was because we both went on this trip together. But Rawls was like kind of like was like in our friend group, and he's like, "Hey guys, like I'm releasing a he he actually was at school the semester before this. We were all really good friends with him. Then he decided he was going to go to a different college, hmm. and so he left Liberty. And, but while he was there, he released a Christmas album." And it was just a Christmas record with Christmas songs that he had written on there. Sick. So out of the blue, this semester, this one semester, like after he had left, we hadn't talked to him in a while. He just calls me and like a couple of my other friends and is like, hey, I would really, I'm doing a Christmas show in my hometown at the theater and I need a band for it. Would you guys come be the band? And... Uh, um, we were like, that sounds awesome. It was me and my best friend, Caleb. It was, it was all the guys that were in my band, my like senior year. This is how we got, we like got together as a band was from this guy asking us to be his band. Mm. And so we all, we all went. So some my best friends, we all went on this trip together where we drove to Colquitt, Georgia. We get to Colquitt, Georgia. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's very small. It town. sounds like a Hallmark movie. It, it, it literally was like that. We, <laughs> we drive into this town, very, very small town. We're all. This is the cover for Potential mm-hmm. Exit Forty Four. We took that on our way there. We, we, there was a gas station. I sat at this picnic table because it was funny, and then Caleb took a picture of me, and then ended up being that cover photo. Nice. And um, anyway, we get to this town, super small, like s- southern town, and we drive up to this gas station to get gas when we get there. And we literally see like this group of like old ladies at this gas station, like, and we're like. What's going on? And then we hear them say, "That's the band. That's the band for Rawls. That's Rawls's band." And so it became very apparent very quickly that this town very small. We also found out that Rawls' family like owned this town. Heck yeah! Because of I can't remember what the company is called, but his his grandpa was like a famous like a nationwide famous peanut farmer. Mm. He started a peanut Planters. farming company. No. Can you imagine if you not. said yes? Um, no. <laughs> but uh but oh, he Jiffy. he basically like he was he was a peanut farmer. He invented some kind of peanut thing for peanut factories. And so the dude is like filthy rich, owned like this whole town. And um so everybody everybody like knew who Rawls was. Rawls was a big deal there because because what's his name was his grandpa. So Everybody knew about Rawls's show going on because Rawls was like a town celebrity Heck because yeah. he like produced an album and everything like that. And we were the band. They just knew from looking at us and our skinny jeans and our <laughs> denim jackets that we were the band. So we literally went to restaurants and people would come up to us and be like, "We are so excited about the show on Sunday." That's and like, say like that. Like it was so funny. Um. Anyway, we get to Rawls' house, a gorgeous property, just bunch of peanut fields, but a gorgeous property. And uh, he's like, so you guys are actually going to stay on the other side of the property at my grandfather's house. And you're like, oh, okay, that's 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 super cool. He was like, yeah, like uh, I'm staying with my parents in my house, but like I figured you guys would be more have more fun like being separated in my grandpa's house. And so we go there, and we're like, are we going to like meet his grandpa? Like it's so nice. His grandpa's dead. Grandpa's dead. Um, So (laughs) we get to the house. Amazing house. It's it's actually it's like Hunter. It's like your parents' house. Where it's like a brick house, but it's super old. Mm. So like not it, it just similar in style, but except for like imagine way, 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 way older. Yeah. Um, and so we're like, this house is sick. We go in there and there's one room that is just gotta be worth so hundreds of thousands of dollars. Cause all Georgia Bulldog like paraphernalia. Oh yeah. So like I literally memorabilia. Memorabilia. Paraphernalia is something else. <laughs> That's like drugs. Negative yeah. Um yeah. Anyway, so this room is like it's it's so gaudy with with Georgia Bulldog stuff, but he's like, yeah, my grandpa didn't let me in here, <laughs> and so we're like, so like, what? Where is grandpa? And he's like, oh, I, I probably should have said that. Like, my grandpa passed away like a few months ago. Oof. And uh, we're like, oh, well, like we don't have to stay in this house. Like if it, like if it makes anybody uncomfortable, we don't have to stay here. He's like, no, like it's it's totally fine. Um, and so he was like. Uh, okay, cool. Well, you guys, like, you see the whole house, like, towels are here and everything like that. You guys can stay in all these rooms. He's like, you guys can do, like, whatever you want. You can watch the TV, whatever. He's like, the only thing is, and, like, he, he's, so he's explaining all this in his real sweet southern accent. He's like, the only thing is, like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me, but my mama doesn't want you to go into this room. Oh, and, uh, man. Room. And we're like, okay, yeah, it's no problem. He's like, yeah, she just doesn't want you to go in that room. 
Forget you gotta go in that room. <laughs> Forget about it. So later that night, later that night, we were all talking about. I was like, we're, guys, we, it, this house is creepy because it's very old. Yeah. And we find out that the 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 guy that owned it is dead now. Is, did he die in the house? We find out. We're like, what happened? So first of all, we research his grandpa, figure out he's like a big deal, like a really big deal. And we're like, that's crazy. And we're like, okay. Like, we're all really good friends with Rawls. And, like, literally it would break my heart to do something Rawls literally asked us not to do. But, like, we got to go in that room, right? <laughs> so we all go down the stairs, and the door is locked. Mm. We probably could have picked it, but that was a little too far. But there was a window to the room. Mm. We looked. There's a hospital bed in there. So then we drew the conclusion that his grandpa literally died a few months ago in this house. So then we're all just freaking out. We're all just like... Oh, absolutely terrified and it didn't help that we also watched the first conjuring that night as well oh, yeah man. so we were already on edge so caleb and i who's like my childhood best friend we're staying in one room together oh did i tell you this story? i heard this story <laughs> and then, and it's then a great story. Our, our drummer cody <laughs> is in another room by himself and then uh and then my friend ryan and my friend matt are staying in this other room just the two of them and so, like, Matt and Ryan are sharing a bed. Cody's by himself. Me and Caleb are sharing a bed. So, Caleb and I are in there. And Caleb and I, like, we grew up together. So, like, my itch to trespass and, like, explore, like, Caleb and I have that together. Like, that's what we did for our childhood. And um, so, we're just kind of laying there. And I look over. I'm like, Caleb, there's something hanging over the bed right now. <laughs> he was like, no, there's not. He's like pitch black. And I was like, I swear to you. And I'm like laying back in the bed as far sunk into my pillow as I can. I'm like, there is something literally on top of me right now. I don't know how to explain it, but there's something on top of me. And he's like freaking out. And we finally like both crawl out the bed the other way to turn on the light. There's like a fake tree in the room that somehow I hadn't <laughs> noticed. But it was like a fake tree plant was literally hanging over the bed. I don't, I don't remember it being there when the lights were on, but it was... It appeared. So then that kind of got us thinking. We were like, I mean, we've got to go scare everybody, right? So we were, I was like, should we make like a plan? He's like, no, I think we should just wing it. And I was like, okay. So we take our shoes off and just have socks on. Wait, we didn't have our shoes on to begin with. We were in bed. <laughs> but we put our socks on so that we would be as quiet as possible. We open the door and we go over to Ryan and Matt's room. And we like creak the door open. And it... It doesn't creak or anything. Like, it's super quiet. And we're like, okay, perfect. So we get it open and we close it. It's completely pitch black in there. Like, cannot see anything. And we have barely been in this room, so we don't know anything about it. And so we just, like, start doing whatever our gut tells us to. And so I just slither across this room, walk very quietly, and somehow don't bump into anything until I find a window and a curtain. And so I just wrap the curtain around me and just stay there. And so... At this point, my eyes have adjusted a little bit, and I just, <laughs> I just like, and staying there for a little bit, kind of like, just like, kind of giggling to myself, <laughs> and I just hear a thud, and I was like, what the heck was that? And I peer around the curtain, and I see Caleb standing at the end of their bed, <laughs> crouching over, <laughs> and so then I see him, so he picks up just a little bit and goes, Doo, and drops their bed. <laughs> and so, so funny. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And so nothing happens. He picks it up a little bit further and drops the bed. And nothing happens again. Little bit further, drops the bed. And it's like pretty loud thud at this point. And so at this point, uh, uh, Ryan wakes up a little bit. And Matt wakes up and he's like completely out of it. He's just like, Rawls, are you there? (laughs) And then Ryan's like, what? Matt, do you hear that? What's going on? And they're both kind of like finally kind of come to out of their out of their dream oh, out of their. No. And they're like, "What's going on?" And then Caleb picks up their bed like four feet <laughs> and drops it. And they're like, "Ah!" And just like starts screaming. And Ryan grabs his phone and turns on the flashlight and sees Caleb standing at the end of the bed. And they're all just kind of like, "Oh ha ha!" And at that point, I just bust out of the curtain. <laughs> and I was like, "No!" <laughs> and they're like, literally, they're like jump out of the bed screaming. And it was That's so incredible. funny. And then great. And then we walked over to Cody's room and he. He's like curled up in his bed. Like this. He's like, I just started hearing something thudding against the walls. It was so scary. Yeah, so it was, so, it was like I one love of the, the best bed moments. drop. That is like yeah, such so a great smart. idea. Very smart play by Caleb. Very, very smart. smart. You ever see the old school? It was like a very old school YouTube video prank where the guys did they just did a speaker underneath the guy's bed, and it whispered very softly like "Get out." 
like oh very soft. Gosh, that's and so then it keeps scary. getting louder and louder. And the guy finally wakes up and it like yells it. And that dude runs with unbelievable <laughs> speed out of there. The only time that I've had friends like scare me is we were on this retreat. Uh, just uh, it was like a accountability group thing for our high school, and we went on a retreat every year. Mm-hmm. It's like just basically the whole basketball team, and like there's like 30 guys uh-huh. on this retreat, and it was ever from uh, ninth grade to 12th grade, and we were in the mountains, Smoky Mountains, and I was sitting upstairs watching TV or reading or something, and um, Ryan, one of the guys, I think it was Ryan. Ran up, was like, Hunter, your, your room's the one at the end of the hallway, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, dude, there's a bear, like, trying to get into your room right now. I was like, no, there's not, Ryan. He's like, yes, there is. Come with me. So I, I walked down with him. I'm like, Ryan, there's not a bear. He's like, yeah, there is. And so I'm, he's like, I walk in the room, and the curtain's shut. And I'm like, why'd you shut the curtain? He's like, I didn't shut the curtain. He's like, well, open it. There's a bear. I was like, there's not a bear, Ryan. He's like, open it. So now I'm just like, what is this guy trying to get me to do? No point in my thinking there's a person behind this curtain. Uh-huh. I'm just like, idiot. So as soon as I opened it, there was two guys, Troy and Matt, and they just like roared like a bear. As soon as I opened the curtain, I like pissed my pants. I didn't actually, but I was like, I, like, I was like, Ryan, this is so stupid. There's not a bear. And I like open it, and then two 12th graders, I'm in ninth grade, two 12th graders just like, roar, and jump. And I just like jump back on the bed. That's, and they, that they, they thought it was funny. the funniest thing. Very man. funny. Oh, the I, other account, but this will be a good transition story. Get us out of the scary story. I'm not going to use any names in this because it's an embarrassing story. But uh, it was a similar accountability group retreat. This only went to. Um, Pennsylvania, I believe. One of the leaders, we'll call, well, his Sin name, City. his name's Michael. We can use his name because he's. This is irrelevant to the story. Um, so we go to this. Uh, we stay. We're staying in this like Airbnb essentially, but it was. Um, I don't know if it was someone we knew's house or what, but we all get there, and like the big thing was like you got divvied up to your rooms, and you didn't really get to pick. So it was like a draw as to who mm-hmm. was in what room because like every room could sleep like four guys. So again, there's like thirty of us. So it was a pretty big deal which room you got because you were there for like four days. Yeah. So we divvy up all the rooms and um, one of my friends was, was like, dude, I've got to go to the bathroom so bad. Like we've been on this trip for so long. We got to go to the bathroom. And we were like, everyone was like, do not use the bathroom in our room because we knew he was going to blow it up. Mm-hmm. We'd eaten like crap the whole like six hour drive. Yeah. We knew he was about to blow it up. We we're like, do not use the bathroom here. Do not use the bathroom here. And then the, one of the leaders was like, oh, there's a bathroom in the basement. Go down there. Just <laughs> use the bathroom in the basement. And so this dude walks downstairs. Don't hear from him for like 20, 30 minutes. And then we hear the door creak open. He goes, Michael, Michael. Well, our room's directly across from this. So he's going, Michael, Michael, Michael. And it's like getting louder. You can tell he doesn't want anyone to know. At this point, we walk out. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, can someone get Michael? And I was like, why? He's like, just get Michael. So I get Michael, and Michael walks around the corner and goes, what do you need? He's like, Michael, I need a towel. <laughs> and we go, what? He goes, Michael, I just, I'm going to need more than one towel. I need a towel. And we're like, what happened down there? We're like, open the door. He's like, I'm not opening the door. Like he, the door's cracked. He's just his head. He's like, Michael, I need a towel. And Michael's like, all right, let me come down there with you. Is that okay? He's like, I don't know if you want to. And so he's like, can you bring towels? And so Michael <laughs> grabs like a few towels and they open the door. And as soon as they shut the door behind him, obviously we open the door. Uh-huh. We open the door and flick the light onto the basement. And there is like two inches of water in this basement now. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, what happened? And he's like, I don't know, like, I, I told you I had to poop, and, you know, it started just overflowing, and I couldn't get it to stop. And so it was literally just toilet water just flooding the basement. Oh, my gosh. So they had to, like, wade. They had to off, wade. In, well, now there's, like, three of them down there. to wade through poopy water oh, into the gosh. bathroom to turn the water off and then got it all up. That's disgusting. And then it was just, like, no one uses the bathroom downstairs. That's disgusting. Yeah, I, I learned awful. that, like, if your toilet starts overflowing, you got you turn that freaking water off as soon as you can yeah like rabbit fire no, but he was just like, like it, was, it a became a, like the funniest thing we just constantly were like michael you need a towel michael, that, is, that, that was like the basketball so team that's slogan brutal. the rest of the week that's, that's the rest of the year it was incredible. i was actually the kid in the story no he wasn't <laughs> i'll tell y'all who so after funny. uh but i'm not gonna say on the podcast oh, that's, then, I, that's then i know who it is i already know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was embarrassing story. I didn't you don't even have to say um but yeah all right i'll finish it with this story this is the story i told y'all about yesterday okay this is story time with hunter Huh? Love it. That's my new podcast. I just started. It's available on Apple Podcasts. Um, no, we like, went to. You call it like Frisbee folklore. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So we went to, it was like a sixth or seventh grade. We went to Myrtle Beach. And at Myrtle Beach, there's like all those shows, like Dixie Stampede. Mm-hmm. The Now they have like the Pirates of the Caribbean and all this stuff. But we went yeah. to the Dixie Stampede. And it's like Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede or whatever. And it's one of those shows you like have dinner and eat. And well, in the middle of the show, you're sitting there eating. It's like the intermission. 
and they have this contest and they like walk up to you like midway into the show and they like ask to different groups like hey does anyone want to participate in this in the contest they don't tell you what the contest is Mm. does anyone want to participate in this contest no and so they asked our family and my sister Millie goes oh hunter does and at sixth grade me was not up for stuff like this Mm -hmm. like nowadays sure i'll whatever sixth grade me was not outgoing i was extremely shy and everyone in my family was like, oh, yeah, because so, like, it's like my family, some of my cousins. Like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty big group. They're like, oh, that'd be so funny, honey. You got to do it. You got to do it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm Myrtle Beach. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm literally in like seventh grade. So I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, well, when intermission comes, we'll come back. We'll get you. You and a few of the other kids will do the game. No idea what the game is. So they take us backstage behind, and all they tell us is they say, okay, you're going to get out there. There's going to be a bunch of chickens. If you get your chicken across the line first, you win. Oh, yeah, I remember you said that you were going to tell the story. That's it. And so I was like, all right. And so we get out there and each of us was assigned a chicken and they were in a cage and there's a line on the other end of of this like dirt patch path, like this massive, it's basically a coliseum and Uh there's just a bunch of dirt and they're like, all right, ready, set, go. And they open the cage and you just have to (laughs) sprint after your chicken and obviously chickens run away from you. So you just had to guide it until it got across the line and I won. And so I got a medal that I was the chicken chasing champion of Myrtle Beach. That is that awesome. Is that is so great. So I, I'd have to find it. It's at home somewhere. But the I metal, thought you were going to say that as soon as it got out of the cage, you just grabbed it by the neck. And no, ran. I just sprinted after it like this. And I had my hands next to it. And uh, so every time the chicken turned, I just was going like this. <laughs> and everyone else was like getting up against the wall. And I yeah. just had this thing dialed. And that, I sprinted across it. And then I like raised my arms. And the it felt like the massive crowd was probably like 100 people, but I was a sixth <laughs> place grader. went wild. It felt incredible. I was like, That is so awesome. And they were like, Oh, here he is, the chicken chasing champion. And so it was very funny. <laughs> Top 10 moments of that life is, right That there. is amazing. Yes, yeah, so I had a, had a medal that said chicken chasing champion. That's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. And then I owned chickens later in my life. Wow. I didn't like them. Got oh, rid of them. Dang, man. Yeah. They're Couldn't nasty, they're nasty animals. They weren't good chasers. <laughs> no, I chased them. Oh. I chased them darn well. <laughs> You don't, you don't just become a chicken chasing champion. <laughs> yeah, it's not just willpower. You don't just get picked out of a crowd and thrown on the field. <laughs> you work for you years. You gotta earn it, brother. That's, well, that's the banter, I think. Connor's gotta start stretching. Yeah, Connor yeah, needs to start stretching and warming stretching. up. He's got 30 minutes, so he's gotta run five miles, so. Yeah, they didn't even hear that because that was in the other banter oh, with Connor's no Connor's gotta run five miles today for a video punishment. I Actually, ne- probably shouldn't have I've said never, that because I don't think the video's come out yet. So now they know when the video comes out. Oh. It'll be our little secret. <laughs> He's got to run. We'll see you the next one. We'll talk to you next week on Wednesday. Boom, 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 boom.